It is hour number two on a Monday afternoon. Some sun out there. Uh, for sure, the first two and a half hours, if not the entire show, all about the life, the legend that is Bud Grant passing away at the age of 95, to the surprise of none of us. Another brilliant column from Patrick Royce on the passing of Bud. And Patrick is uh, kind enough to join us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. We all get the news on Saturday, and you've written so frequently about Bud. Take us through the process of how you decided on that approach in trying to summarize Bud. Well, I was actually had arrived early for the hockey game, the War Road uh, Bonamita hockey game. I was going to write a column, and uh, I mean, when I think state were, high school hockey tournament, I think you. I think well, uh, that's that's one thing about no longer wintering in Florida. That's <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's made me more accessible to that thing. So I was sitting there, and uh, it was about eleven ten, and Tim Layton came over and said. I know you and Bud were uh, got along pretty well, and I said, "What are you talking about?" I just I had no, I did not hear the news. So then, of course, uh, the uh, Star Tribune spent twenty bucks for my car to park in the XL ramp, but I was out of it about twenty minutes later, and uh, I was driving back, and uh, I knew a thousand things would be written about him, and I just uh, started thinking. I've always been fascinated by your father's relationship with uh, Bud because they uh, there's not two guys that could have had less to do with one another except except being driven, you know, That's <laughs> it. being driven, yep. except being driven. But uh, and loyalty. And I, I was about halfway back. Yeah, loyalty. I was about halfway back to the station, and I thought, okay. You know, Bernsey was the odd couple too. Was part of this odd couple. Uh, not as I don't think he was as close friends with Bud as, as Sid was, but certainly was nobody was closer to Bud than when it came to coaching football. And then it, it occurred to me, okay, we have lost these uh, three guys in a little over two years, and uh, you know, and we'll never have people like them again. And as I as I wrapped up my column, when I say we'll never see the likes of Sid, Bud, and Bernsey again, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about <laughs> Minnesota. I'm talking about toddlers. You know, we will not see three guys like that. And uh, it just struck me that okay, we'll see what we can do with this. And uh, and then I, I I called you and uh, confirmed my suspicions and. Uh, and uh, just started off. And the nice thing about a column like that is, you know where it's going to start, and you have no idea where it's going to end. <laughs> you just you just go. And uh, and I knew that I could. I I had the, the sp- usual space limitations weren't in effect, so I just. Yeah. Uh, and when I got to the, you got to the finish. I, uh, I I didn't know what to do with it, so I just thought of something. You know, that's just the way it goes. But it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it, I, I don't want to say it was fun to write because, of course, we're mm-hmm. writing about uh, yep. three guys who have uh, three guys who I who I admired in very different ways. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I was writing about the death of these three guys, but it was it was also fun to write that uh, 
you know, kind of an ultimate. Uh, I saw it as kind of an ultimate obit for all three of these I guys agree. that we've lost within two and a half years. So, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and it's, you know, not only did it strike you and your, you know, <laughs> Bud and your dad, uh, you know, they talk about your dad's one attempt to join the fishing trip and he was wearing wingtips or some right. damn thing so right. up in a suit and uh and and uh but Bur- but Burnsy also because uh you know I know I, I I gotta tell you a Burnsy story here. So I you know when I was young and you know, it was nineteen eighty they were still playing at Memorial Stadium and uh uh it might it might have been no it was earlier than that. I was over there doing a sidebar and it was after Burnsy had replaced Evashevsky as the coach, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah, well, it was about 1980 because. Uh, well, not 1980. So in the, yeah, in the... no, but he wasn't. No, but I mean, this, this story occurred about 1980. Oh, okay, I got it. Yeah. Your dad, you know, were you ever on that Memorial Stadium press box where the oh, yeah. chairs yeah, were he... like there was like another place he like took me where I shouldn't have been. Yeah, I had to be airlifted into those seats <laughs> there because they were like, you know, as a full-figured fellow and. Uh, and you could you'd climb over. That's and a good go. walk. And they announced that Hayden that Iowa was leading some really good non-conference team. And I said loud enough for your dad to hear. I said, you know that Hayden Fry's really doing a good job turning around Iowa after Jerry Burns bleeped up the program. <laughs> I said it hard. And, your dad came climbing over these chairs to strangle me, you know, which was, which of course was the effect I was looking exactly. for. But because I, I didn't know Birdsey nearly as well as I do him later, but uh, yeah. but I knew that it would set offset, and and you know those days of watching go for football were not were were sad enough that but to throw in a shot at Birdsey too was uh, too much to resist. So anyway, so I you know the. His relationship with it is amazing when you look back. You know, your dad was probably closer to the Iowa coaching staff than he was the Gophers. He and Shevchenko were like the best buddies, and uh, absolutely, and the, and, the, and the whole thing. But uh, and to get us back to Bud, as you told me, Bud, how how could Bud and Sid develop this extremely <laughs> wonderful relationship? Because, as he said, Sid had a car. That's it. There was, never, there was never, this guy never did anything without a motive. Did you hear about the Hagen story? About uh, the uh, Hagen, by the way, uh, congratulations to Bob Hagen. The speech has ended. We, we've heard that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I got I got released. Anyway, you were there, too. Yes. The, uh, yeah. The, uh the story about the guy, the kid from Channel Nine, coming out asking him how much money he made on his last garage sale. That was the best. But glares at him and says, "Are you from the IRS?" Exactly. If, 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 and then doesn't say anything else. If you wanted, if you wanted to end a conversation with Bud, ask him how much money he made on anything. <laughs> that was that was the best way. There was always uh, there was always some. Uh, isn't there a famous story about your dad giving him a uh, like a Murray's butter knife certificate back in the day? Like, and fifteen years later, Bud brought it in because he had to buy somebody dinner. I think that's so right. Was, I think, yeah. I think, listen, <laughs> and they weren't going to cash it because it expired like twelve years <laughs> earlier. And they put Bud 
there it is. So they got he's got his free stake. So yeah, anyway. some people would say, you know, why is Bud doing these garage sales? What's it all about? He liked the cash. <laughs> he liked. I mean, there's just nothing. Oh, about then, yes, yeah, he did. And you know, the you know guys that grew up basically in that same era, they all grew up with parents who didn't have twenty bucks. That's you it. know they, they they when they were kids they. I did a column on uh, John Mayer's just a couple of days beforehand, and uh, you know his mom never saw him. They didn't have a TV, they didn't have a car. And his mom never saw him play a hockey game. You know, some Croatian immigrant, and they had no money whatsoever. And uh, that's just the way those guys. Hundred percent. The guys we're seeing now in their nineties, and your dad and Bud, and those guys are they. They had no money. There was no money back then. My father. Um... Like it in the, when he was in his seventies, would say, "Just so you know, I'm going to hide a little money uh, around the house. So whenever I pass, go looking for it." I'd be like, "What are you talking about? Why? why? No, no." And and, and and so I like for five years, Patrick, don't do that, don't do that. And finally, I'm not going to change my mind. He goes, "Okay," I'd say, "Well, tell me where." I'm not going to tell you. You just got to go find it. God is my witness. So Hunter and I, like about two months after he passed, I finally said, you want to do this? And so we found a little bit in a shirt. We found a little bit in a coat. We found a little bit stuck between the couch. I mean, he he had done okay. But he was like, he knew about Silicon Valley Bank even years before, you know, he would pass. And Bud, uh, and uh, the famous story, and again, this is about Bud, not your dad. But uh, when we were moving out of the up to the old building at the Star Tribune to the uh, to the new building, or when they were remodeling it up there, not 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 that time. So like 15 years ago, they were remodeling it, and they found like two paychecks in Sid's drawers, yes. like 20 years earlier. That he, like, it was so long ago that one of them was for 145 dollars. <laughs> you know. This place, you know. Patrick, here, he was the yeah. last person here by about eight years to do direct deposit because he didn't trust it. You know, <laughs> he wanted to go to your buyer leaves and go to that small little U.S. bank yeah. and just cash the check. I mean, he, he yeah. I mean, he kept balancing his checkbook until like two days before he passed away. Patrick Royce is with us. Okay, let me go back because I agree with you. We won't have my father... Bernsey and Bud again. We still have unique people. We still yes. have characters. And I'm with you in this. Why don't you think we'll have individuals like that moving forward? Well, they got to be, I, I think, caution to, uh, you know, the, we, you don't really, in this society where they can, uh, they can, you know, get into your life so uh, easily and look everything up about you. You don't want people to know that much about you as, as these guys were pretty well open books as far. I mean, Bud was secretive and about some things, but uh, I, I think it's just the, it's the way teams operate. They're, yeah, right. The teams, you know, we used to be the uh, you know when Sid was in his glory, the you found out all your information about a team through the newspaper and maybe WCCO. Yeah, and uh, now the teams do their very best. To control, not only control the narrative, but to be the source for the narrative. That's to, correct. To have, you, yes. to have you go to them to find out what's really happening. Don't believe all these, uh, what these other people are telling you. They have full scale, uh, you know, uh, PR departments that uh, 
Now, the University of Minnesota's PR department for years was Otis Dipwit with student Greg Wong as his assistant. <laughs> now they got 25 guys over there, you know, yeah. so uh, guys and, you know, men and women over there. And uh, it's and everybody has these uh, massive PR departments that are trying to uh, make sure that every story that comes out is spun uh, the way they wanted to, and and these guys, I mean these coaches and everybody else, you really can't afford to be an open book like Bernsey was. No, and uh, I, I guess that's it. Plus, you know, your dad's bedside manner probably wouldn't work in this modern <laughs> you society. Think, you I, I'm not the world. I'm not the world's greatest, but uh, you no. know, I, let's face it, Sid's glory years were where you could still. Uh, abuse a hotel operator until she puts you through to the room you wanted. Uh, that was, uh, that was, uh, you skill. know, that, that, yes, the cell phone was good for a lot of people, but it was bad for Sid. That's, that's <laughs> exactly right. Uh, loved it as always. Uh, great stuff. Be well. Uh, one last, did you see, I still haven't seen everything everywhere, um, which won everything last night. Did you see it? <laughs> Yes, I did. I did watch it. I don't know if I finished it, though. It was too zany for me. I don't watch the Oscars anymore, not because I'm afraid of violence, but because I'm afraid of uh, – I, I don't see movies like I used to. I see them maybe two years later on uh, Netflix or some of them, and some of them are being nominated or from Netflix. But, uh, I mean, I used to be fixated on that thing, and now I, I, don't, I don't really watch it. One last thing. Yeah. Uh, I did this on Twitter. And if you want to know who Bud Grant was, and I did this on Twitter, and I've told this story before, Jim Finks, the great Jim Finks, tells yes. Bill McGrain, so the PR good. guy, to go out and pick up Bud Grant at the airport. He's the new coach. And Bill McGrain says, I don't know him. How well I know it's him. And Jim Finks said, he'll be the guy who looks like the town marshal. <laughs> and was nothing truer has ever been smoker. He was Gary Cooper at high noon when he got off that plane. Exactly. Unbelievable. All right. Thank you, Patrick. The great and fabulous Patrick Royce here on CCO.